Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,538. The topic is training and the title is Example Exercise Selection Progressions. So, this is something I've actually been talking through with one of my current clients. They're a business coaching client and we're working together. We have developed some training templates that they can use. Uh, they own a gym and have several trainers underneath them. So he wants some basic formats that his trainers can follow that has a ton of educational content to where he knows the quality of the program will be consistent and the coaches continue to learn and, and they feel like they're growing in their knowledge so he can retain the coaches for a good amount of time. So we've really had fun kind of working together. The training services that he offers at his gym are 30-minute and 60-minute training sessions, and he focuses mostly in two categories. One is fat loss and shaping. The other one is strength and muscle mass development. And then we tweak the nutrition depending on if the person wants you know, fat loss and shaping. Do they want more fat loss and just whatever muscle shape can happen from it? Or are they just looking to be a little bit leaner, but they really want to change their shape? And then strength and mass, again, we kind of modify. Do we want mostly strength or do we want mostly mass? But we modify that through the nutrition. So he actually has his trainers. They have four programs to pick from. That's it. And it makes it super simple for them because they either have 30-minute or 60-minute and then either fat loss and shaping or strength and mass. And then through nutrition, I make all the modifications in how the client's eating to make sure that the training gets exactly what each individual wants. So he makes it simple for the trainers. They only have to know four programs really well uh, initially. And then I kind of take care of it from there. So I do the one-on-one coaching for his clients, as his trainers' clients, and it really works out well, and it's super fun. Really love it. So he's new to having his own facility, and that's why we started working together, was because we wanted to establish this process. So far, he has outgrown what he can handle, and he's just been winging it. So now that he's been bringing in new trainers, he kind of not sure exactly how to make sure everybody's doing the same quality of job. And he wants to continue to elevate the business. He's been making a good money and he wants to make a lot more. So this was a, a natural kind of next step for him business-wise. So really love it. Absolutely love it. And one aspect that we've been discussing was sequencing the exercises uh, in, in regards to exercise selection. So his trainers can put together like a 12 months of worth of programming Uh, And then they know kind of exactly what to do, what steps to take. And then they personalize it in the way that they teach it. They can personalize it by substituting a few exercises here or there. The, the, The programming has the allowance for there to be substitutions based on the individual that the trainer's working on. We've been talking this through because he wants to be able to teach it to his trainers. And he does have a really good training background himself. So we've just been kind of shooting the breeze through it. And I thought it'd make a fun podcast uh, topic to touch on. So one of the main things we've been looking at is main lift progressions. So the main focal point of the workouts, how do we kind of progress those in a way that that makes sense and builds to continued improvement over the long term? So we're allowing substitutions. We're allowing uh, repeat movements to double check on progressions and to show the clients how far they've come you know, every three uh, three months or every six months. So it really helps build adherence and excitement when they come back to an exercise after three months and they blow their old numbers out of the water. So we've had that as an option, but then also 
What happens if, you know, the client tweaked their knee outside of a training session? What happens if they've had a crazy schedule and some wild life events and progression seems to be kind of hit and miss right now? Or they may have change of equipment. Maybe the gym, he's constantly trying to upgrade his gym, so he's getting in new stuff. So we've talked about how to have structure but have a, uh, allowance for substitutions. So one of the things we talked about was... Uh, he had come from like a background of uh, powerlifting, so he's a real big fan of box squats. If you don't know what a box squat is, you can pause the podcast, search for it on YouTube, you'll get at least the idea of it. So we've been talking about how to include box squats. He really likes teaching uh, people how to squat with the start of box squatting. He loves it because he said you can get them to set up correctly when they unrack, they step back. And he said, as they go down to the bottom of the squad, and this is true, some people mess stuff up. You know, they start drifting forward into their toes, or they they don't tilt their torso angled uh, downward enough. And he said, it gives you a chance to, they get to the box, you give them a cue or two to kind of fix their positioning, and then they come back up. And he really loves the idea of having that that possibility to make corrections in the bottom position with low uh, risk of injury. So we're like, okay, let's do that. You like boss squats, let's start with boss squats. You can do a full touch as somebody learns how to manage their their eccentric, the lowering portion, positioning correctly. You can just progress to a light touch on the box. And then you would progress to no box, maybe after a month. So maybe they do four workouts, you know, uh, squat workouts, working on box squats. Then they do four workouts where you work on paused squats, so nothing underneath them, no box. But so they learn, they go to learn down to how to get to parallel, like or whatever proper position is for their depth, depending on what their goal is. But they learn the proper depth of their squat. They identify their positions, then they stand back up. So they might have four weeks to do that. And then we do four weeks of regular squats, to where there's no pause. You can have you know a shortened pause, then no pause. You can kind of progress them as you want through four weeks. But we talked about that's actually a really nice structure for him. Uh, and his trainers because there's three months of progressions there. They do four workouts, which is it would be four weeks, a box squats, four weeks of uh, paused squats, four weeks of regular squats. Then how we can vary that is, for example, he just got in a camber bar. Uh, if you, again, if you don't know what that is, pause podcast, search for that. But there's the bar that goes across your back, but then the weights actually go down about two feet, and then they're, they stick out to the sides. So the, the middle bar, the weights actually hang lower than where the bar is on your back. One of the benefits of this is there's less thoracic uh, stabilizational uh, demand and there's less lower back stress. So you get a chance to reduce risk on lower back and give time for the thoracic uh, spine, the shoulder blades, upper back area, and the lower back to strengthen, but you still get really good work on the legs. So camber bars are great to reduce stress load in the thoracic spine and lower back, but still have maximal stress load in the legs. So he just got a camber bar, and he wanted his trainers to be able to use it. So we're like, hey, you know, why don't do three months with a camber bar, and then you can do three months with a barbell. So you do three months where you do, you know, camber bar box squats for a month, camber bar pause squats for a month, camber bar regular squats for a month. And then you go regular barbell box squats, regular barbell pause squats, regular barbell uh, squats. So he can even have that, then repeat twice, and there's 12 months of programming. And that client gets to see, basically, after the first three months, they get to see how the camber bar strength relates to the barbell. And then the second half of the year, they get to see all these progressions every single month. They get to hit PR, 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 and it's just 
builds momentum, builds excitement. They want to continue to train after that year, and then hopefully they sign up for more training. So it's a really great way for a trainer to build a client retention by having a, a purposeful and structured uh, exercise selection sequence and then allowing for re repetition but still substitution and variance if you need it for various reasons so it's super fun um, like for example I used that kind of sequencing with a camber bar to help a client who had a lower back injury who was afraid to squat we use that the clients now squats over two and a half times their body weight and we're closing on a three-time body weight squat and this came from him, thought he would never be able to squat again. And I'd gotten into a conversation with a different client of mine. He was a friend of my previous client. And we were talking one time, and uh, he wasn't a client yet. And he's like, yeah, you know, I wish I could get back to squatting. I hurt my back and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why do you feel like you have to give up squatting? You know, so we, we started talking, and here you go. You know, so now he's back up to, uh, well, actually, he's hitting PRs that he never had before his back injury. So he's going to be squatting three times body weight soon. And at one point in time, he thought he'd never be able to squat again. So I love this stuff. I love, 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 love knowing how to do exercise sequencing because not only do you get the, the training result, you know, extra strength, extra muscle, extra fat loss, but you help the person, like the, the mental and emotional health of the person. And that's what I just, I absolutely love because you can give people excitement again. You can give them hope again. And I just, that, Man, is that a hell of a motivator. You know, once you can see and feel that, it's addictive. <laughs> Trying to help everyone on the planet, basically, and it's just an amazing feeling. So, very blessed that people let me uh, into their life to try to do that kind of stuff. So, I wanted to give some parameters, some ideas. So, now that I've talked about, like, an example with the squats, let's talk about more in, like, a global sense how you can use this for any exercise and for any person. There's... There's a lot to unpack, so I'm going to make it very simple, and then I'm going to make an offer here uh, for future podcasts. So the simple version is there's two really good options on how to set up exercise selection. So as I said with the squat example, we're doing three months of progressions, like so you're doing, well, three months of variations, box squat, pause squat, regular squat, and then you would repeat that. One way to set it up is if you're trying to learn a lift, like learn the technique of a lift, or you're trying to rebuild confidence to the lift, is to have the progression go from easiest to medium to hardest. So box squat is arguably the easiest, and I'm sure, you know, I know all the arguments. Let's just say that in general, a box squat is easier than a regular squat, because if you screw it up, you just get to sit down and let go of the bar. <laughs> so we're doing a box squat, which is the easiest then a paused squat, which is harder because you have to find your proper depth. But it's still easier than a regular squat because you get that pause to kind of find and feel where you are. And then the hardest version of those three is a regular squat. So that would be a way in which you would learn a lift or build confidence on a lift. So let's say, for example, you do like bench press. We know that doing a slowed eccentric with a pause. So maybe you lower the bar for three count. You pause on your chest for a two count, and then you press up however strong you can. So on the way down, it's three, two, one. The bar touches your chest. You squeeze your back. You hold your position for one, two, and then boom, you explode up. So the easiest way to learn proper bar path and body bracing for a bench press could be a three count eccentric, two count pause, explosive concentric. Then the next progression, you try to do, okay, let's do a two-count eccentric to build confidence to lower down faster. One-count pause, explosive 
concentric. So it would start the rep and go one, two, pause, up. One, two, pause, press. One, two, pause, press. And that's faster. You can add a little bit more weight load. They might get a little squirrely and lose some bracing, so you coach them how to fix that. And then the hardest variation would be just a regular competition press. They come down as fast as they can while staying super tight. They pause, and then boom, explosion. She can mess up, like mess around with like tempo speeds, and you don't even have to change barbells. You don't have to change positions. You can, if you wanted to, you know, do progressions and angles and different bars and stuff. But that's just a simple example that if you're wanting to learn a lift or build confidence in a lift, you do an easy variation for a month, a medium variation for a month, and a hardest variation for a month. However, there's other examples. One other example, and again, I don't want to name too many because I feel like it'll get overwhelming. So one other example would be as if you want to develop a known weakness in a lift. You want to pick something that's very isolative and very aggressive and challenging to that that weakness. I'm not talking about an injury. Don't do this if it's an injury. Um, you know, so you want to pick something that's aggressive and isolative to the lift. Then you would go uh, to the targeted muscle. Then you go less aggressive, less isolative, and then a regular variation. So let's say, for example, if you have, you want to build your bench press and you have short upper arm bones, the humerus bone, that means that you're you're going to be tricep dominant and your chest being a limiting factor in the sense that it doesn't get a lot of stimulation. Maybe your triceps are really strong, but they don't have the support from the chest to allow you to progress further in the lift. So you would say, okay, I want to isolate my chest. So I might do a wide grip. I'm going to take the grip two fingers width, not like horizontal fingers width, but literally wherever you grab the bar, move over the width of two fingers. So it would be like an inch to an inch and a half, something like that. Do a month of paused bench press like that, a month of normal bench press, and then a month of reverse band bench press. So we have a reverse band bench press in our gym. My dad and I made it. It's custom made. It's the only one in the world. Uh, so we use that a lot for clients, especially female clients, because uh, it's harder for them to get a, a stressing weight load across all muscles and joints. So we do a lot of reverse banding to help overload the variation uh, to get a lot of stress across the muscles and joints to get a better response for development, strength development. So... You might say, okay, I'm going to do more aggressive and more isolative by going to a wider grip and a pause. That's really going to be aggressive and isolative to the chest. Then you go to a normal speeding bench press, normal weight load, and then you go to a reverse band, but you do that all with wide grip. Then the next month, you bring your grip into normal. Again, you do paused, normal, reverse band. And then in six months, you've obliterated the chest weakness and you're hitting brand new PRs, guarantee it. Uh, so there's a lot of fun you can have. Uh, so for example, like say somebody's a high high arch uh, bench presser. So what I've done before to them, because I'm a jerk face, is I'll make them do no arch variations, like a Larson press. And then I'll have them do a low arch, maybe a guillotine press. And then we go to a regular uh, bench press, a regular competition high arch bench press. And that's awesome because you get an awesome chance to develop more full range of motion through the muscles. So you build bigger, stronger muscles, better connective tissue. And all of a sudden, they're, they're high arch bench. They feel like freaking a million bucks and they're hitting brand new PRs. So that's you go from most aggressive, most isolative to lesser aggressive, less isolative, and then the regular variation. So that's a lot of fun that you can see even just like specific examples of bench press. You can do that with any exercise, overhead press, deadlift, squat, you know, blah, blah. Uh, but it's super fun. Also, knowing how to like modify this stuff, you, you can play around with what equipment a client has. So one of my clients, they just got half rack supports for their home gym. They didn't have any supports in their home gym. 
And so if they had to ever get in trouble with a squad or something, they would have to just basically let go of the bar and let it fall. Uh, but I never, of course, coached them to that point. <laughs> I didn't want them failing lifts. But now that they have these uh, safety supports, I've actually put into their programming like dead squats, dead presses. We do partial deadlifts to work on uh, different variations with lower back and hip bracing stability. So making sure that they know their hip tilt when they do a conventional deadlift. So we've had a lot of fun blending in new toys. So following this system, like if I know the system where if I want them to learn a lift, it's just easiest, medium, hardest. Or if I want them to develop a weakness, it's most aggressive, most isolative, to less aggressive, less isolative, and then the regular variation. When I know that, if that's my system, I know that, I could plug in any lift, any piece of equipment, anything. And I love it, love it, love it, because it's a known structure that will 100% produce results, but there's endless, endless variability to it. And that, to me, is super freaking exciting, because I get to create fun, crazy programs, and the person gets to do fun, crazy programs, rather than the same four lifts for 12 weeks. And then how you make progressions based on that is each rotation, you try to move up in, you know, total sets, reps, or weight to try to move up your volume. We have a uh, podcast, number 657, which is a trainer education podcast titled When Progressive Overload Won't Progress. So if you're having trouble adding sets or reps or weight uh, when you're repeating exercises, check out podcast 657. And you can find all of our podcasts on our website, www.brutalinergym.com. You can also play with loading intensities, underloading, normal loading, overloading. And we talk about that in podcast 1526, which is a training podcast titled Method to Increase, I mean, sorry, Method to Progress Your Main Lifts. So that's podcast 1526. Again, you can find that on our website. And then also just change the challenge of the variations. You know, so if I want somebody to develop better quad strength, I can play around with maybe having to do high bar squats. And then they do a month of front squatting. Then they do a month of like a zombie squat. If you don't know what that is, pause the podcast and look it up. But basically, instead of a front rack position where you're supporting the front rack with your hand, you just have your arms extended out in front of you. And you better, for the love of God, you know, hold on to your thoracic bracing stability because you're dead otherwise. You're going to lose the bar. Uh, you're not going to hurt yourself. You're just The bar will fall off of you. But that progression, high bar squat, super secure, and you get a little bit of glute and lower back to kind of help the quads. Then front squat, little less glute, little less lower back, a um, little more challenging to stay, stabilize. And then a zombie squat, super challenging to stabilize, super stressful onto the quads. So that's actually a great progression where you actually will decrease weight load as you progress through those. So you're going to get more quad stress, more quad strength development, but you're going to decrease overall weight load of squats, which is a great thing to pair with if you're trying to increase the weight load of deadlifts. So maybe in the same program, you have some other lower body lift that you're trying to progress weight load. You can use variations of an of like a, a complementary lift, but have the variations be like progressing lower in weight load, but still maximizing intensity. So a one rep max on a zombie squat is going to feel just as miserable as a one rep max on a high bar squat. But you're going to use a lot less weight. So I can sequence my squats where I actually decrease the weight load intensity while I increase the weight load intensity of my deadlifts. That's a great way to still progress something in squats while you're wanting to progress a major lift like deadlift. So getting learning how to play with these things, learning how to intertwine them and interweave them is super duper fun. I love, 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 love this stuff. And I think any trainer, if you can learn this, man, is it just, it opens up the world to you in regards to creativity, but not losing track of actually making progress uh, for your athletes and your clients. Cool. Well, I thought that was fun. Um, if you retained any of this, <laughs> just shoot me an email if you want to see the outline of today's podcast. I'd be happy to send it to you. But give this a try. So 
if you're wanting to learn a lift, say you want to learn how to squat, bench press, deadlift, whatever the lift might be, do a month of an easy variation, a month of a medium variation, and a month of a hard variation. Okay? Then repeat that and see if you can hit PRs in weight, uh, reps, or you know total sets. You can do loading intensities, variations, and changes. But that would be a great way to do it if you're wanting to learn a lift or get better, like more confidence at a lift. If you want to progress a known weakness, do a month of a variation that's super aggressive, super isolative. Do a month of a less aggressive, less isolative, and then do the regular lift. And then you can see what the previous two months did to help boost your baseline of strength. Then repeat that for another three months, and then, bam, you're going to be hitting PRs out the wazoo. So it's super fun. I wish you the best of luck if you try this. And then you can go to our website, check out our training templates that will teach you how to have known structure but a ton of variability uh, for yourself or for your clients. That's on our website, training templates. We also offer nutrition coaching for yourself or and or for your clients. So if you're a trainer and you want to know that your clients are following proper nutrition but you don't have the time for it or the knowledge base, just send them to me and I'll take care of it. That's one of the things I love to do is just continue to help trainers and other people. So those both those options, you can read more and learn more on our website or just shoot me an email at birdlinergym at gmail.com and I'll talk to you about your specific situation and we'll work something out. Also... The offer is if you like the idea of today's podcast, but you're like, dude, that was a lot. I don't really know how to do that correctly. Practice writing up some exercise progressions. Write up three exercises or six exercises that you're going to sequence for three or six months. Send them to me, and then I'll do a review podcast. So I'll say the goods, the bads, and you know any suggestions and feedback totally for free, 100% for free. So if you want to try it, write it out. Shoot me an email, brewlinergym at gmail.com. I'll give you a review for free, and we all can learn from it. Pretty awesome. So free coaching. There you go. Free programming coaching. Okay. Well, hopefully that was helpful and or interesting, or hopefully both. <laughs> if you like our podcast, please share it. When you share it, let people know that we do, you know, like $100 nutrition coaching service, like one-on-one. Tell them everything they need to know. We do training services. We have training templates. Let them know kind of what we have on the website. If you don't know, check out our website, <laughs> and that'll help you learn more and more content that I'm putting up, and I'm going to continue to put up more and more free stuff uh, throughout 2023. Just ran into a crazy uh, week here. I had some convulsions with medicine, and then I had um, my my buddy, my best buddy, uh, Freddy, my cat, passed away, so I just had a rough week, so I'm trying to catch up yet uh, to everything, but I'll get there. So check out our website, see what we have there, and then share the podcast, let people know that we answer questions for free. Thank you to those who donate to support the podcast. I truly appreciate it. It helps cover the cost. I give an hour to this thing every single day, as you can see, for the last 1,538 days, and it's free. So that is all possible due to the donations. So thank you to those who donate, which you can do on our website. If you like the information we share in our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram the most, YouTube the second most, and then everything else, good luck. <laughs> so I'm busy enough, and those are the two I can do pretty consistently. Uh, if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything you want to know, let us know at our email at at gmail.com. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.